Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 210 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, guys. He does it every week. His name is... Uh, Jesse Paxcrud Wilson. Paxcrud, buddy. Sick. Yeah. And I got Russell Nisha sick. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're really just strengthening her immune system. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. So that's not, uh, that's, that's always a rough thing with a baby. Yeah. I no, would she's, know. She's not happy. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. I, I thought that I, so we, we started a brand new PAX tradition this year. <laughs> Is it going to be a tradition? I have a feeling. Uh-huh. I got a feeling, uh, that loading your hands up with sanitizing foam from a dispenser and then wiping it on someone's face is going to become a tradition. I call it cleansing. Yeah, I cleansed everyone. Oh man, I pulled off the perfect cleanse against the Hex 19 guys. Oh jeez, what'd you do? Well, we went to, so uh, after PAX was over, we walked up to Capitol Hill and went to this place. It used to be called Von Trapps, now it's called the Rhine House. Have you been there? Uh, no. You would love it, dude. It's like right up your alley. Um, but it's this place that... Uh, it's all German beers, 100% German beers. It's like uh, they have elk hanging on the walls. It's like a meat, it's like a dwarven mead hall, basically. And they have indoor bocce ball as well. It's a really cool place. Uh, but anyway, I, I went to the bathroom after a night of drinking and magic drafting there with the Hex 19 guys and uh, came out of the bathroom and noticed a. Actually, it wasn't even that. Like, they, when I was washing my hands, one of the dispensers was soap. And the other dispenser was foaming hand sanitizer. Nice. So I was like, perfect. So I loaded up, walked over there, did a double slap on uh, on Aaron and and Brett and Brett, and then while Yuri was laughing, did a double slap on both his cheeks. <laughs> so it was perfect, perfect one, guys. It's a great thing about the cleanse is that uh, it, it's so gross and yet so sanitary at the same time. Yeah. You can only get so mad yeah, about it. It's not gr- it's not like something gross. You just rub it in and then all of a sudden your face is clean. Mhm. So <laughs> anyone out there just stay away from the eyes. Don't worry about the mouth. I got I got cleansed in the mouth a couple times. It was gross. But I think, once again, I do think the cleanse is responsible for my sickness though. Why? Because I subscribed to sewer rat theory. Mm. Which is why I don't use soap in the shower. Mhm. And I eat stuff off of the ground, okay. Because I'm I try and build up uh, like my skin fauna <laughs> to be like a great wall of China style defense. It's uh-huh. already so jam packed full of yeast and bacteria that nothing right. else can survive. Right. And I think that when I was participating in cleansing and getting a bunch of sanitizer there on my go. hands, I nuked my yeah. defenses. I blasted a hole in my own defenses, and that's where the germs came in. Breach in the wall, man. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'm happy that I uh, was able to make you sick. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you, though. Let me know how that goes. That's a bummer, dude. The pack spread is always the worst, because like, you take time off for packs, and then you get back, and then you're like, oh, I gotta take time off for sick. Well, I couldn't take time off because there's things at work that only I can accomplish. Well, there you go. So I had I have to just work through it. Oh, that's the worst, man. I apologize. That that's the the thing though is if you're sick, you might as well be sick at work because work sucks anyway. It's work. <laughs> no, you don't want to be sick at work. 
Because if you I get everybody, I want to be sick, but if I'm gonna be sick, I might as well be making money while I do it. I guess, but then you get everybody else at work sick, and then nobody can That's, do anything. That is their problem, not mine. <laughs> anyway, I'm saving, I'm saving my sick days for healthy vacation days. Okay, okay. Uh, so I had a I had a great pack, dude, and we'll get to packs. Uh, but Jesus, man, I feel like this year was a good packs. I had a good time. I did exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. But we'll get to that a little bit later. It seems like such a long weekend too. Yeah, but before we do, let's uh let's let's do a quick Kickstarter update, buddy. So we just wanna yeah. So sorry. Oh yeah, I I wanna start by thanking everyone uh who's donated already. I've noticed a lot of names from the podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good or bad form to list them off. So well, uh, just for now people. I won't name names. Yeah. There's been there's been a lot of support, but I still need a ton more support. Right now, I'm sitting at 52 backers. Yep, and you're about and I, you're about a quarter of the way there, which is pretty good. Yeah, about 22, 23% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really need to get that number of backers up to about 300 uh, to make this thing successful, and that's at like the intermediary yep. uh, rewards level. So I do want to just take this time to suggest that uh, we have some bundles where uh, you're able to get, like, glassware and a t-shirt and a growler and stuff like that. I'm thinking if you buy those, you could split it up, and then you got, uh, like, Christmas presents taken care of. Give it to your dad <laughs> and, you know, your sister-in-law and your best friend. Buy one of the bundles, split it up, get that Christmas shopping out of the way for all the geeks and the beer nerds in your life. Yeah, and, and for anybody who may have missed last week's show, Jesse's opening his own brewery, and he's kickstarting it right now. You can find that by Googling uh, Lovecraft, all one word, brewing company. Uh, in fact, if you type in Lovecraft into the search on Kickstarter, it's the first thing that pops up. Um, so, uh, yeah, please donate. You know, I, I know, like I said, we've had t- you've had a ton of support uh, from the listeners, and I'm sure there's a few listeners out there who want to give but haven't done it yet. And the uh, the only thing I would say is give early because you know some of the rewards. Um, are definitely limited in quantity. So, as with any Kickstarter, you want to give early, um, yeah. uh, so that you can take advantage of those sweet, sweet rewards. And the and the extra support that I get early uh, provides momentum, mm-hmm. and uh, Kickstarter lists things based off of the number of backers. So, right. if I can get that number of backers up early, I'll get more visibility, and I can get more people who just stumble upon it. There you go. Be that. So I really need your help, everyone. If you're thinking about donating, please, please do. Uh, you can make my and my family's dream come true. And open a brewery. Do it. Yeah, be that giant ball in the, at the beginning of Indiana Jones. Except this time we catch him. <laughs> Let's get that momentum going. Uh, so yeah, that's Lovecraft Brewing Company on Kickstarter. So please check that out, guys. If you want to support the podcast, that's the way to do it. Um, so. Uh, let's get on to some listener feedback this week. We got a ton of it. Uh, so we're going to start off, geez, so many things. Uh, start off with this voicemail from the 757. I believe this is none other than our good buddy over in Virginia. Here he is. Hey, Jesse and Eric. I just found out that there's a place around here that actually sells in Virginia. Uh, Mike McCrack here, by the way, again, even though I already know who you know who I am. <laughs> I found out there is actually a place around here that actually sells the arrogant bastards. Which means I'm going to go and pick it up, which I'm going to go pick it up today because it's like a weekend. And I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit this weekend. Maybe not get, probably not going to get trashed or anything, but of course, 
but you all mentioned last week the either the prank call the listeners, which I think is hilarious, or the idea of having a segments with listeners, which I would love to be in, involved with, but uh, but you never know. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> but definitely want to hear more about that uh, uh, D&D group if you're going to start that up. But, Jesse, I am very, very excited for the fact that you're starting your own brewery. I hope to God you get fun because I will definitely be buying some of your beers. And it, hey, if I got to wait for them to get imported over here, so be it. All right, though. All right, guys. Stay arrogant and get off my back. Thank you, Michael. I, I hope that he was able to try that arrogant bastard. In fact, I think he might have called us back right afterwards. Uh, but I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I haven't had a chance to, to listen through these. Oh, this is a different one. This one comes to us uh, from the 706. No transcript available. This is very uh, eerie. Mm-hmm. Let's let's check this one out. Thank you, Michael. Don, you Google voice. You messed up my good po- uh, voicemail last week. This is Will from Alabama. Calling from last week to remind you guys about the cool story I shared that totally got cut off. It was awesome. <laughs> So I'm a raft guide now down at the Chattahoochee River, down in Columbus, Georgia. Anyway, some folks up yonder from, uh, up around your part, things like Woodenville or Woodenville, I don't know. <laughs> you guys probably pronounce it funny up there. Anyway, so back to the story. So we were all rafting and having a good time. They were talking about, I don't know, Seahawks and how they're like the greatest team ever, and they were just blah, blah, blah on about that. Figured you'd get appreciated it at all. And I, all my, my Seattle trivia slash knowledge is from you guys. So I was like, yeah, I totally know of guys that live in Seattle and Bremerton. <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, cool. Towns that we know of and have heard about. And we had this cool little moment. And that's when the guy tried to jump on the back. It's when I flipped him in the rapid. <laughs> I think you guys sent him on like a hidden mission or something. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Will from Alabama. Getting stories cut off. The guy's got a crazy voice message system. Anyways, I think supposed to end with questions to so put on the air. Crap. Crap, crap, crap. Um, yeah, let me think of a good one. <laughs> Waiting on beta ah, here. Favorite pizza topping. Favorite kind of beer to eat with pizza. I don't know. My brain, my, my imagination was, was messing up on me at the end there. Anyways, so, guys, stay arrogant. Man, get off my back. <laughs> so happy I'm so happy that he called back I'm so that happy guy, Will has a lot of Aaron in his voice Yeah it's weird it's like the Alabama meets uh, Atlanta Yeah it must be Sam. I don't think we talk about the Seahawks that much <laughs> Yeah just wait This this week we don't <laughs> uh, By the way sausage my favorite pizza topping mm, Mine is salami and feta well, that's like fancy pizza. I'm talking about. I'm talking about like pizza, mm-hmm. pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. I will go to the Safeway and get one of their regular cheese pizzas and a package <sighs> of salami and Ooh. some feta cheese and make it at home. Hello, on the cheap, and it's really good. That's a great idea. Yeah, I like it. I love one more of it. I, I lo- also love. I, it was, that's got to be more of a Woodenville thing. I mean, Woodenville. You mean well, Woodenville? Woodenville, home of Red Hook Brewing Company. Red Hook. Reed Hook, Reed Hook Brewing Company. That's the classic <laughs> Woodenville accent. Those guys are crazy. So, 
Uh, (laughs) Will, thanks so much for calling it. I think my quest this week, Jesse, is going to be to make you laugh as much as possible, Uh just so that you you die of coughing. I got a uh, I got a strong case of smoker's laugh going on. There you go, best best prank ever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh, here it is. Here's the here's the Redux from the seven five seven. This is the sequel to Michael McBride's first call. Here it is. Hey, Jesse and Eric, Michael. As always, from this number, unless somebody's stealing my phone and calling y'all and I don't know about it yet, but whatever. Just figured I'd tell you some bad news. I couldn't make it to, I made it to that store I told you about, but they were all out of the arrogant batch when I got there. I was so sad. But, I got to do something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. I got to get some of the craft beers around here. But there was one beer that I just had to tell you about that it's probably it wasn't that good of a taste but i just thought it was hilarious the name of it and what the flavor combination it was it was called sweet baby jesus brewed in some by some brewery over in baltimore maryland and it is chocolate and peanut butter mm. it was nasty but it's like it's one of those beers like yeah if i was kind of drunk already i'll take it but i got to try some breweries that are like literally I think one was less than 10 miles from my house and another one that was probably about maybe 20 minutes so but those the but those some of those beers were great I had one that was an IPA that was okay but I had a just a great selection of craft beers and I'm going to be getting into thank you for making me turn and trying to turn me into it for pretty much successfully turning me into a beer snob I was next because before this, all I used to drink was basically Miller and Bill and Bud Light. So yeah, thank you for broadening my horizon. And as always, stay arrogant. Get off my back. <laughs> Get off my back, Michael. That's always I love that when people call in. And they're like, "Hey, I didn't. I used to drink shit beer, and now I drink craft beer just because of you guys." That's like one of the best compliments that we get. I think. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I love it, man. And also that chocolate uh, peanut butter, that's like thats like every other place at Strange Brew Fest in Port Townsend is the peanut butter cup uh, stout. Yeah, I've, I've never had a good one. I it's just tough. don't think it's meant to be. Peanut, peanuts are, like, the flavor of peanut is an oil. Yeah. It's hydrophobic. Yeah. So it's just not going to mix well with something that is based on water. However, I do feel like the app, there's like two aftertastes of arrogant pasta, and I think that one of them is a peanut butter sandwich. You can get peanut butter flavor yeah. that's not, you know, peanuts, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me, buddy. There you go. Love it. Uh, coming up but next. Peanuts are roasted just like, you know, barley is. Yeah, that's true. So, part of that is a little roasty flavor. Oh, I think we got a new uh, listener calling in. Jerry says, "Hot fudge, holy moly!" Eric plays geeks who drink pub quizzes. I'm a GWG GWD quiz master. How I am just finding this out after 178 episodes, even though I'm based in Orange County, California. I'm very excited to hear you mention us. Where do you quiz? I wonder if you know if I know your QM. Stay geeky, drinky, and arrogant, fellas. Jerry, he says, give it a second. It's going to space from Louis C.K. That's a great quote. I love that. Um, 
Yeah, dude. Uh, it's great. I, I don't know if... I mean, I can tell you. I, I actually don't still Geeks Who Drink. That's more of a winter sport in my world. <laughs> it's when I'm not playing softball that I do Geeks Who Drink. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I Geeks Who Drink down in Seattle, the Dubliner, during the wintertime. So uh, I, I feel like it's a really good pub quiz. Uh, I also am a little worried, Jerry, because I don't think you're actually going to hear this for like 50 episodes because it seems like you're a little behind. Is that too rough? He's on, one, he's on episode 178. Well, you know, who yeah. knows at what kind of pace he's making. That's true. It, this could be a little Christmas present for him. Some people actually binge through this show, which is weird to me. <laughs> I well, actually forget that people listen to it when I'm recording it. Now I'm all aware and I'm weirded I out. I know. It's, the, the weirdest thing about this, Jesse, is somebody's going to be listening to this episode in like a year for the first time. Donate to the Kickstarter. <laughs> please, guys, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing about it. If we have one thing at all, we have content. So <laughs> we do that. We do. That we do. Put it in your ears, guys. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, we got another voicemail. This one comes to us from the 315. This is an interesting area code. Uh, let's, let's take a listen. And Jesse, this is Jeff from New York. And I'm uh, calling in for the first time in quite a while. I actually have not been able to catch an episode of the podcast this December. I got a new job in January, and Lifetime took off from there, and my podcast listening time actually went down uh, tremendously. And part of the reason I'm calling in is so that you guys know that for a nine-month hiatus from the podcast, it's like I just was listening to it yesterday. Now, I want to give kudos to you guys for having a podcast that's so accessible that you can miss nine months of episodes and basically jump right in where you left off. Two quick notes based off the last couple weeks' episodes. Eric, I loved your comment last week about how uh, American names with actors and especially baseball players can be kind of boring uh, and just unoriginal. Took me back to when I was a little bit younger and there was a picture for the Devil Rays that when I saw his name, I read it as Jesus Colomb, but it actually turned out to be pronounced Jesus Colomay. So, uh, you know, the fun Americanization of names that we have. Um, and listening to uh, some of your game discussion uh, the last few weeks, I was wondering if either of you guys have ever played Five Nights at Freddy's on Steam. I'm not going to say that much about it. You can kind of research that. People think it's a great horror game. Steam. You Happy to get to see you guys again. Looking forward to new episodes. Get off my back. Get off my back, Jeff. That so yeah, dude. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Have you heard of this game, Jesse? No, this is new to me. So it's basic. I watched a playthrough of it on Polygon um, with your boy, uh, not yeah, Griffin McElroy. Your boy, your your mm-hmm. doppel. Um, he. So it's basically a game. Do you know? Did you watch that documentary about the Rockefeller explosion? No. On Netflix, it's like Mm-mm. this animatronic uh, band that was at this oh, place. Oh yeah, called... yeah, yeah, I did watch that. Yeah, it's at this place called Showtime Pizza Place. Yeah, it was eventually bought by Chuck E. Cheese. And basically, this uh, game is that you're trapped in a in one basically a Showtime Pizza Place, and the animatronic animals are coming alive and coming to kill you. And you are trapped in the office, and all you can do is look at the security cameras to see where they're at because they like move around. 
<laughs> and uh, and then you have like limited power to look at these cameras and limited power to turn on the lights and shut this door to your office. And if you could survive till 6 a.m. without them killing you, then you get to move on to the next level. Mm. I originally was like, I don't really like this. I don't really like the graphics. But I watched a playthrough and I was like, I kind of... I kind of need to play this game. It sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying, but in like a goofy way. Oh, it's goofifying. It's goofifying, which is great. That's like the best kind of terrifying is the goofifying. Mm. So yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. I want to try it. That's on Steam. So check that out. Jeff, thanks so much for calling in. Jeez, we got a ton of feedback this week, guys. Thanks for blowing us up. We enjoy that. Uh, Howard says, hello from North Dakota. Hello, from Grand Forks, North Dakota, home of UND, North Dakota hockey, and winters that will freeze your nipples off. UND is my new college football team. Oh, yeah? I don't even mm-hmm. know what conference they're in. Apparently, they're like, I think they're like Division Two, but they kick butt or something like that. Apparently, well, they're good. Like Eastern Washington, sir? I don't know. Go Eagles. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for about a year and a half now, and inspired by the first time emailer you had a couple weeks ago, I decided I would send you a note. Unlike said former emailer, however, I love craft beer, board games, video games, comic books, fantasy football, and all things Lovecraftian, though I think you two are kind of jerks. Why? Uh Simple. Having spent my formative years in the Black Hills of South Dakota and having attended graduate school in Denver, Colorado, I have been a huge Broncos fan since the days of the Orange Crush. All I have to say is screw Seattle, screw Russell Wilson, screw Richard Sherman, and screw you all on and on and on and on and on about how awesome the Seahawks are. Thank you. Mm. Never heard. Someone's a little upset. Someone's a little upset, dude. I mean, I guess you can't be content with three Super Bowl rings. You need a fourth. Uh, How's your boy Wes Welker doing? Oh, geez. (laughs) He says, now, down to more important business. Last week, someone sent an email wondering about suggestions for games he could play with his wife. Well, my wife and I love playing games together, and our absolute favorite is Pandemic. I know it's a little more fun with three to four players, but we always have a good time with it. We also play Carcassonne. Castle Ravenloft, though we each play two characters when playing this one, and Castle Panic. Castle Panic has the added bonus that it's easy for my children to play as well, and they are 10 and 5. We have to coach the 5-year-old a little bit, but he still loves it. Anyway, in all seriousness, I want you guys to know that I love your show. It's the highlight of my podcast week, and if you ever fail to give me at least one laugh out loud moment as I'm driving to and from work, oh, I guess it never fails. I thought he was giving me an ultimatum there. (laughs) He says, I'm really excited to hear about the Kickstarter campaign to fund a new brewery, and I will definitely kick in a few dollars to see it go. Dream big, work hard, have fun. That's the only way to live life. Get off my running back and get off my Denver Broncos. Peace from Soda Pops. Jeez, man, that's a good email. Yeah. A little bit of trash talk, a little bit of love, a little bit of advice. It's like an episode of Dr. Phil. (laughs) I can't believe I forgot Carcassonne when I was talking about two-player games. Mm-hmm. Fantastic two-player game. Great two-player game. Yeah, excellent two-player game. And, and readily available at a lot of different yeah. places. And in my opinion, just stick with the base game. Don't even wa- worry about the expansions. I will say this, though. Uh, Soda Pops here. He uh, needs to know that when I play Madden... And and this is a problem. This when I played Madden 09, this was easy peasy. Madden, the new Maddens, they don't allow me to do this. I would always move the team to Fargo, North Dakota. 
Mm. I'd move the Steelers to Fargo, North Dakota, make them the Fargo Badlanders, and win like five Super Bowls with them. That was my, that was how I played Madden. So he can't be completely mad at me from a football perspective. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then finally, oh God, we got a call. Oh, I'm so excited about this. From none other than Mr. Rolo Tomasi. Uh, here he is. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Eric. It's your man, Rolo Tomasi from New York or Toronto, but definitely Canada. <laughs> Anyways, I've been a little bit behind on your cast lately, and I just heard the one you guys were uh, talking about Blue Jays fans going to Mariners games and uh, complaining about their driving and all that crap. I'll make it clear that it's not all Canadians. It's just those ones in British Columbia and, uh, let's say, Vancouverites. They speak for themselves. So anyways, don't be hating the rest of Canada. <laughs> I scored some tickets to Fan Expo this weekend, and it was pretty cool. That's like the Comic-Con of Canada, or Toronto, I should say. And uh, it was all right. I mean, it felt a little bit weird because there's all the celebrities, and it felt like they were kind of like on display, like at a zoo, and you got to pay 50 bucks plus for an autograph. Boom. So that was pretty stupid. But I got to meet this guy named Wolf Cop, and uh, you'll never believe it, but... He's Wolf, and he's a cop, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that it's like a romantic comedy, but uh, either way, it seems like a cool movie. <laughs> Jesse, I'm really stoked about your brewery. I hope you make $10,000 at the end of this cast, so everyone donate lots of money. And even if you don't make that thirty grand, just do it anyways. Huh. You know what? Screw anyone who tells you that you can't. One last thing really quick. Listeners, let's do it. Personal Arrogance, Dungeons and Dragons League. Let's make it happen. Alright, anyways. Get off my back and stay arrogant. Thank you so much, Rollo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Rollo was on that uh, honor honorable list of uh, donators. That's awesome, man. I, I love the idea. There's also the idea of... Uh of exchange rates and i'm not trying to put anybody on blast here but your dollar goes a little bit dollar or pound goes a little bit further if you live on mainland europe so Mm. just saying Mm. just saying Mm. uh once again guys find lovecraft brewing company on kickstarter rollo please send us more voicemails man i love the canadian accent I, i haven't got enough of canadians this weekend I like you know. <laughs> I've hung out. I hung out with the Hex Nineteen guys. They're from Edmonton. You can check them out. Hex Nineteen. I believe it's just Hex Nineteen dot com. The number nineteen. Um, they do the Hex Nineteen Geekcast. The nicest fellas. Yeah, I could fucking hang out with those guys forever. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about them is that they were so they super last minute coming the packs, and luckily we were able to snag them some passes from Aaron and Jim. But they they needed to find a hotel room that was economical and close. So they ended up staying over in Bellevue right on I-90 so they could just catch the bus straight to the convention center. It was very good planning on their part. But they were trying to save a few shekels, and they got a single room with a single king-size bed. Oh, and then, they were all snuggled up? They snuggled. I love it. I thought your favorite thing about them was that they clapped for the winner. That was – that's also – dude, that's also so nice. It's yeah. so nice. They're we such, need to implement that. Yeah. 
<laughs> we could get to that with our PAX coverage. But yes, I mean, they're, they're great sports. They're awesome to play games with. They're engaged. They listen to the rules. They strategize. They give you a run for your money. And, uh, and then they, and then they're great sports about it. So in other words, they're completely the opposite of the Jake conspiracy. <laughs> I don't listen to the rules because I'm the one delivering them. Exactly. Uh, uh, I do want to say, can confirm, British Columbians are just the worst behind the wheel of a car. They if are there bad. was If there was ever a group of people who need robot cars to just take over... <laughs> It's British Columbians. I swear to God, I look around Seattle and like whenever there's this bad driver, I always I always take a glance at the license plate. Uh-huh. Surprising amount of BC license plates. Oh, they stink. They're terrible. They're the worst. They're hosers behind the wheel. It's anarchy on the on the highway. Exactly. Um. So anyway. Very, very excited about all the Canadian stuff happening on the podcast right now. And I'm going to Canada uh, a week from uh, Saturday. So mm-hmm. You're going to the aforementioned British Columbia. We'll see if Vancouver Island is more uh, driver-friendly. That's true. I've only, Actually, uh, British Columbia is the only place I've ever been in Canada. Not true. You've what? been to Victoria before. Yeah, I know. I'm saying it's the only place I've ever been oh, in Canada. sorry. I thought you said Vancouver. But no, you've been no, to no. Vancouver. Yeah, British Columbia is oh, the only Christ. province that I visited <laughs> ever. I'm sick. <laughs> now that we're on the same page, let's move on to the Paxies. All right, guys. Uh, Paxies, fourth annual Paxies. I didn't mention it before, but Jesse and I are both wearing tuxedos. These are the personal targets. Ner- uh, <laughs> that's Nurse the pan fee. That's the Panfees. Uh, maybe I'm getting your crud. Uh, it's the Paxi's Personal Arrogance Exposition Experience Awards. Uh, and this is our fourth edition. Now, on all the other editions of the Paxi's, we have had an impartial judge to decide the categories, but we were way too lazy and slash sick for that this year. So we're just going to give our nominees, and uh, and that's that's going to be the Paxi's. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to start off with fan favorite, dude. Uh, weirdest thing. I got a good one for this. Okay. And it hit really early. Okay. At basically the moment we stepped on the exhibition floor. Yep. There was some game that had this weird like dragon that was supposed to be like a mechanical bull, except it was <laughs> nerfed. <laughs> and it was barely like spinning around, rotating rotating at all, so there was a heavy set fella yep. just sitting on top of this dragon with padding all around, <laughs> barely spinning around. Although actually I think that might be a runner up. Uh-huh. So I'm just remembering it now. Yep. The true weirdest thing. Okay. Also on the exhibition floor, yes, they had set up some sort of wrestling ring where yes. people were wrestling. Uh, was this your weirdest thing? Well, it was definitely. On, I, I have another one just in case you picked this one, but it was a Far Cry Four booth, right? Oh, was it Far Cry Four? Far so, Cry Four, yeah. So they were getting people, attendees, and putting them in uh, at full animal suits with like mm-hmm. animal mask helmet yeah, furry. things. Furry, they were furry suits. They were furry suits, yeah. which, ew, gross. Mm-hmm. And put them in a wrestling ring, and they were, like, trying to take each other down. Right. And I had this weird moment <laughs> because I was in a room that might be the most advanced area of media on the planet <laughs> at that point in time. 
and everyone's just gathered around watching people slam into each other in fursuits. And I'm, yep. why am I watching this? And I just turned around and was like, I'm immediately just more interested in the <laughs> sky playing a video game right behind me. Yet there's a huge crowd of people just watching people slam into each other in fursuits. That's not what Fax is about. So the, you had a major problem with this. I did. And I loved it. It's so stupid. I loved it. I mean, I, I, I would do it if they had, like, new suits for every person. Just because there's you're definitely getting Pax Flu. That, like, those those are just incubators for Pax yeah. Flu, those helmets. And Petri dishes. They had four suits for the whole weekend. They had an elephant, they had a bear, they had a snow leopard, and they had a honey badger. So they had four suits for the whole weekend. They're cycling people through these things. <laughs> and you get in the ring, and then it's like sumo rules. So basically, if you if you push the other guy over to the ground, or if you put, pin him up against the, the side of the cage, they had an octagon. It was like a UFC octagon. Uh, also, weight classes be damned. Yeah, weight classes absolutely be damned. Um, I, I, could not, I could not look away, though. Oh, God, I was disgusted. I thought it was awesome. I, 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 why, why are you so worked up about this? Because it's a, it's a nothing. <laughs> it's a zero. It's uh-huh. just people in suits slamming against each other. Turn around and look at the amazing video games that thousands of people put millions of man hours and millions of dollars into. Yeah. Oh, now, I'm way more interested in the dude in a leopard suit slamming against an elephant. Does that not say something about humanity, though? No, it does, and it <laughs> says something bad about it. <laughs> Why? Because! I feel like true... Monkeys. I feel like if somebody likes your art, there's something wrong with them. That's what I feel like. What? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, what's your weirdest thing? <laughs> the other weirdest thing to me was a uh, paxatory, which is like the pa- the purgatory of packs that we got stuck in. What do you mean? So we got uh, the last your last night there. You like stuck around for an extra few hours, oh, and we got to yeah. go play Pathfinder. And before they had like a whole set of it was like a string of rooms set up. So you like signed up to play Pathfinder, and then you were like got your name called. But, like, this is the closest thing I have ever experienced to communist Russia, as I understand it. Is this, uh, is this room, the, pa- the Pathfinder waiting room? Because you couldn't leave, really, because you might miss your... Because it was just a single dude walking out and saying someone's uh, name and then walking away. If you wanted to play, you couldn't yeah. leave. You could not leave the room. It smelled terrible. It was full of people just staring at each other. Also, the Pathfinder Adventure card game, they were demoing it in there. It was like the weirdest customs office you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And the whole experience started to freak me out a little bit until we moved over into the corner. Because there was a closet there, and I feel like I could escape into at least a, 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 an island of solitude if I really needed to. Yeah, you had an out. Yeah, exactly. And also, the closet was really was like stacked full of Pathfinder books and board games and stuff. I was like, I could totally just jack all this stuff, but I won't because I'm an American citizen. Mm-hmm. And even I'll though, just... <laughs> even though I feel like I'm in the book 1984, I will respect the laws of my land. Right. So that was my weirdest thing. But I think that I mean the fact that we both thought of Far Cry Four, um, I think lands lands Far Cry Four's weirdest thing. Mm. All right. So, what do you what do you want to move on to? You want to move on to best cosplay? This is a good one. Sure. 
Do you have one for best cosplay? I'm trying to think. Yeah. What do you have? There was a dude who was dressed up like an orakai. Oh yeah, and yeah, it, that guy wins. Yeah, it took me a second because I was like, for a second, I was like, I he looked exactly like the orakai from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like he he went all out. Like that, like he definitely had the build for it. Yeah, it was jacked. Yeah, but he also like had the mask. He had great makeup. He had uh, the ears were like seamless. And he had, like, the weird mask thing on his face. It was, like, dead on. So I got to give it to that guy. What about the guy we played um, that Fantasy Flight game with who was dressed as a dwarf? <laughs> I don't think he was dressed as a dwarf. Pretty sure he was dressed as a dwarf. I think that he goes in for weirdest thing as well. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty weird guy. He's <laughs> a pretty weird guy. Uh, but <laughs> you're right, though. I mean, he was dwarven. He definitely had some kind of dwarven thing going on. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there was there. I saw like a really good uh, Fallout Three cosplay with like the new California Republic dude. Um, but yeah, I think it goes to the Orakai. This is actually legitimate cosplay. I was just like impressed by it. Like, What's it, I mean, at what part did the play leave cosplay? <laughs> Because cosplay used to be like you dress up and then you play a role-playing game. Yeah, well, or you just act in that character. Oh. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what that cosplaying. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, thought there were, uh, you had to be like playing a RPG. No, 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 no. That's that's LARPing, basically. Hmm. I mean, cosplay is that you, you're in character. Like, I saw a dude on the last day, I was lined up for Peyton Take, and there was this dude who walked through... Uh, with his full Fallout 3, uh, you know, soldier garb on, and he was in full character. Yeah. He was, like, walking through being like, move along, move along. He's having a great time. Yeah. Uh, But nobody nobody was moving along. No, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Want to move on to Worst of Show? Um, Sure. What do you have? Uh, So this is our time to gripe a little bit. Uh oh. Although I really think that the worst thing that I played at PAX, it's kind of a toss up. But I was, I think from a disappointment stand up, I got to play Sunset Overdrive and was not super excited about that game. And it's kind of one of the hyped titles for Xbox One. But uh, it was, it was weird. It was like Tony Hawk meets a third person shooter with a bad camera. And they were like giving you uh, points. It was like a, it was a, it was a, it was a horde mode. So like they, they just keep throwing enemies at you. But you got more points for sliding around on rails than you did for killing enemies. Hmm. So they did give me a pen, uh, a penny arcade uh, pin, which was cool. But I think Sunset Overdrive was probably my my biggest disappointment of the show. I don't know. But then there's also the Witcher board game, which I didn't yeah, really Yeah, Witcher board game would be my worst in show. It's weird, though, because it's not a bad game. It's just not a good game. Like, I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel like it falls in a bad game territory. I think it would really only be worth buying if you're, like, a Witcher super fan. But even then, I mean, you're, a, you're an alien super fan and you hated Colonial Marines. Well, that was an objectively bad game, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing about this game is that it, so Witcher the board game we got to play that it's in beta right now, um, so we were one of the first people 
to play this game. Um, so maybe it'll change by the time it comes out. But it was just like, uh, it was just so mad. It was like the maddest uh, adventure game that I've ever played. Like compared to yeah. an Arkham Horror, which is a great game that I love and it's my favorite game, which is also an adventure game. This game was just like you just going right through that, right through those motions. Like there was, yeah, a- you kind of just roll around and do counters and try and roll the best, roll the correct dice. Mm-hmm. And that the, the things I don't like about it is apparently it's competitive, but yeah. it's just a race to get the get to x amount of points first yeah and also like your character can never die right you can just get hurt and have to spend time like healing up oh you can die though if you fill up with wound tokens you die i don't think that's true no it is true i I read in the rules it said you can't die i read it in the rules you die if you fill up with wounds and then what you're out of the game yeah i guess so so you could sit around for the next three hours while your friends play (laughs) I mean, it is really easy to heal up, but um, but yeah, it was just so bad. I mean, it was just like uh, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get a lot of uh, excitement out of it, and especially being a fantasy flight product. So it was a bummer. It was a little bit of a bummer, and that's how we started the show. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Should I will give XCOM. I know. I will give an honorable mention though uh, to worse than show to the board game library uh, location. Yeah, that sucked for this because so we love to play board games and it was great because this year at PAX they had a whole hotel two floors of a hotel dedicated to tabletop gaming the problem was they didn't put the board game library there they put the board game library literally five blocks away at the convention center so if you wanted to rent a board game you had to rent it there you know check it out there and then bring it five blocks over to this hotel and then bring it five blocks back. Yeah. So the, dealing with crowds and waiting in line in the process. Yeah. And then at night, you know, that's kind of when the board, the tabletop area thrives is at night because the expo hall is closed. All of the uh, concerts and panels are done. So people want to, want to play board games. And then, but there were, there were just wasn't any space for them to play. There's probably plenty of space over at the Red Lion, which is where they had two floors full of tabletop stuff. But like I said, you would have to check out the game and then walk five blocks to go play it. It was ridiculous. And also, they called it the Red Lion, but it's it had recently rebranded to the motif. Yes. It's a great motif, by the way. So anyway, that's our gripes. That's the gripe session. That's a pretty good mm-hmm. gripe session. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> so let's move on to PAX Attendee of the Year. This one's tough because this one has been Eli the Exhausted Ewok like every year. I just didn't see him this I, time. I saw him on Monday. Oh, did you? I did. I I, I made a flyby, and he was looking exhausted. <laughs> but I don't think I can, in my right mind, give it to him. Mm. Do you have a nominee? Well, the funny thing here, Jesse, is I feel like we got to nominate the the dwarf man. Oh God! And by the way, he's not an actual dwarf. He's not like like no, medically no, he was a, dwarf. a tall man. Tall man who looks like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. So right. I just want to clarify that. Uh, like, if the hairiest of fingers, wearing an earring, uh, large Bad facial hair, large facial hair, unkempt facial hair, if you will, um, and also barreled through. I mean, he was he barreled. I think he he personified the word barreled. He barreled through the game room and barreled into our game. Right. Which I feel like is what a good dwarf does. <laughs> he 
didn't take no for an answer. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if I don't know if he uh, if he qualifies, but I feel like he had the the pack spirit in some respect. He decided I'm going to go to PAX and I'm going to I'm going to elbow my way into everything, and he did that. At least in our little world. Mm. My attendee of the year nomination goes to the man that you hit in the face with your homemade camera rig. Mm-hmm. Although in the mask, mm-hmm. luckily, coincidentally, the one guy yeah. that you hit in the face because he had this giant protrusion <laughs> sticking out of your backpack, and you were spinning left and right with reckless abandon. You hit one man, and he happened to be wearing a mask, which was nice. We just shrugged it off and kept going. Yeah, I mean that's a good PAX attendee. Yeah, he gotta, had a good spirit about it. He's like, well, good thing I wore my mask. You gotta roll with Moving the punches. On. And by the way, Jesse, I was spinning wildly because I was looking at your Paxi's nomination for weirdest thing, the dude that on is, the, the the weird uh, convenience store nickel ride that yeah. they called a dragon uh, uh, yeah. uh, bull ride. That was really the highlight of my Pax experience, that twofer. <laughs> Seeing that guy and then seeing you hit the masked guy in the face. All I remember is you and Levi laughing. And then I was like, I don't know if you're laughing at me or at the thing or both. (laughs) It's a combo. Yeah. And then I was like trying to be really, really careful with that thing. And then you like just grabbed it. So you're like. (laughs) Yeah. I grabbed it so that no more harm could be done. (laughs) All right. I think it goes to mask guy. Yeah. You took it in the face like a champ. That would have been like MXC uh, most extreme elimination of the day material. <laughs> Love it. All right, Jesse, it's time, buddy. It's time for best of show. What was your favorite thing at PAX this year? Oh, geez, I didn't really PAX it up that hard. Is the thing? What do you mean? Oh, I guess Star Realms is my best of show. Oh, hello, hello. So Star Realms is a card player again, talking about good two-player games. Um. It's a card game that plays in about 20, 30 minutes. And you get all the cards you need. The entire game is contained in one uh, deck of cards. That's like 150 cards or so, probably. Maybe just about 100. And uh, thematically, it's like the space game. But it's a really uh, it's a really slick deck-building game that that's uh, really well-balanced and just a ton of fun to play. So if you're looking for two-player games, that's something I'd definitely check out. I picked mine up for 15 bucks, which is a steal. Yeah, and, and I think that's about the running price of it. This apparently was the darling of uh, both Gen Con and, and uh, what was the other one, Cool Stuff Con or whatever. Um, yeah, the, I, and I, I only picked it up because uh, we were in the board game library, and yeah. they were like, let's pick up the game that has the most copies. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how about this one? I picked it up as a joke because it was like a stack three high. And you're like, actually, apparently that's really good. I checked it out and played it with Levi. And I was like, I kind of want to buy this. Yeah, and for 15 bucks, I mean, it's a good, uh, I feel like it's a good game investment. It's really right. cool. It's 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 a deck builder drafting game, basically, sort of. Uh, because based on the deck that you build, you can draft better cards, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's like four factions that kind of have thematic abilities, and you you receive bonuses for playing multiple cards from the same faction. Yeah, so it encourages you not to just go after the best card, but kind of go after cards that are linked together via faction. And pa- sorry, some some do like more damage than others. Some give you more money. Some help you regain life, and uh, it's pretty slick. It's a slick game. 
And apparently, it, it it was created by a couple of Magic the Ch- Magic the Gathering World champions. So, I can't recommend that game enough. I mean, that's one of those games. It's like you have no reason not to own this game. Right. It's cheap. It's fun. It's awesome. Star Realms. That's a good. That's a good pick for best in show. And then uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Evolve, dude. This game rules. Yeah, apparently it was good. It's really good. It's a Evolve. It comes out from it's 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 from 2K. And it is a game that uh, I, I just love. This game it's it's basically it's it's created from Turtle Rock Studios, the guys who brought you Left for Dead. It's like the same team that made Left for Dead, like went off and then created this game. And you have four uh, four hunters, they're called, and they're competing, trying to take down uh, this one monster. And uh, the four hunters are played by four players. The one monster is also played by a, a player. And they're called, I can't remember what they're called, but they're basically like, the story behind it is that they're trying to clear out planets for human um, colonization. So trying to clear out all these big monsters uh, on this planet. It's so good, dude. It is so entertaining. So there are four different types of uh, hunters. There's the assault guy, the trapper, the medic and the uh, uh, what is he called? Support. And I got to play as the trapper, the assault, and the support. And just so much variability, really good stuff. You know me, I'm not great at first person shooters, but I was able to contribute in this game because, like, as I was playing as the hunter, you're setting traps and stuff. And you don't really need to have any first-person shooter skills to set traps. You just need to, like, be in the right place at the right time. Not to mention you're competing against a giant freaking monster, so uh, he's pretty easy to hit. Um, and, uh, yeah, played three matches of this. Got to play with a couple of the devs from uh, from Turtle Rock. It was so good. And everybody who I talked to who played the game loved it. So it's coming out in February. It's called Evolve. Um, and it's going to be on, uh, PC, Xbox, and PS3. So please check that game out. It is so good. Really, really liked it. I could totally see us playing that game. PS3? Uh, PS4. Oh, okay. I also, honorable mention here, I got to try the PS4 controller. That thing is fucking sick. Yeah? I loved it, man. It's so comfy. And, like, they got over the one thing that I hated about PlayStation controllers, which is the floppy uh, thumbsticks. Oh, really? Yeah, I want a little tension in my thumbstick, and they, they brought that to me. And it's yeah. it fits in your hands a lot more comfortably than the uh, Xbox 360. So mm-hmm. if you're keeping track of Eric's console uh, tally to the point, <laughs> heading toward that inevitable point where I finally pick one up, uh, PS4 actually got a little boost this packs for me. Um, between playing on PS4s and playing on Xbox Three Six or Xbox Ones, I was like, I kind of like the feel of the PS4 a little better. Um, and I got to play the Order eighteen eighty six on PS4, and the graphics were insane. So I don't know, man, it's sticking up for me on that one. Mm. So that's the PAX this year, man. How do you feel about PAX overall? I think that next year I'm probably gonna come out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Do the do the pub crawl, do Sunday, and then call it. Yeah, I mean, four days is a ton. I, I've still never done four days. 
well, I did not do four days. And when I was driving back on Sunday night getting sick, I was happy with my decision. <laughs> Are you um, – so I, I just feel like we kind of did all the video game stuff on Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday was all board game stuff. And then for me, Monday was like board games, a uh, little bit of Expo Hall, and then I went to the Omegathon final. Mm. Um, but by the time Monday rolled around, Friday seemed like it was so far in the past. Yeah. Uh, but dude, honestly, I really do feel like this PAX was one of my favorite PAXs ever. I don't know if you got that vibe, but I got that vibe from this PAX. And I I didn't. You didn't? No. I just, I can't, I just don't think I can really enjoy a PAX like I used to. Well, I feel like it wasn't so much the games or the buzz or being in the PAX environment, but the people, man. The people that we got to hang out with this time. I feel like we got to diversify a little bit more than we usually do. Um, hanging out with, uh, you know, with Nick and, 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 uh, and James and got to meet up with a couple guys from my softball team and got to hang out with the Hex 19 guys. I, I just, that I look back on this past weekend and I get and I just think of all these amazing experiences that I had with so many different people and that's one of the things that I love about PAX is just like let's get together and let's do some stuff. What are we doing next? I mean, yeah, that's Jim what... and Aaron can suck a lemon. <laughs> I know they can only make it better. I'd also like to give an honorable mention to Best in Show to our Pathfinder experience. Uh, cause we kind of broke the game, which was awesome. <laughs> that was a, actually a lot of fun. It was more we derailed that, and the, yeah. the DM was just like, "Fuck it, let's go with the way you guys are taking it." Well, it was awesome because they had this the way that they had the Pathfinder room set up. So, for those who don't know, Pathfinder is basically D and D three point seven five. Um, but they had these rooms set up, and you were supposed to go through these. There was like six different scenarios. You're supposed to go through, play through these scenarios. Uh, in order to get a little check mark and then roll roll some dice for some prizes, um, but we were the last ones of the night for this dude, and he had been DMing for like two days straight, like ten yeah. ten groups a day, like so he was a little burned out. You could tell when we sat down at the table, he was a little burned out. Um, so anyway, we we're supposed to go investigate this crash site, and. <laughs> And then, like, he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, well, let's go to the pub, because that's what we always do in our D&D adventures. We always go to the pub. That's what we right. do. So we go to the pub. I, 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 I'm I, playing a, a druid woman. I kind of sweet-talk this dude into letting us into this mine, which apparently was not part of the story at all, even though it was part of the setup. So we go to, we <laughs> break into the mine. Wait, what? But, but before this happens, yeah. two of our members get kicked out at the bar. One... Because Nick, who's playing a ninja, tries to sneak up when you're sweet talking this guy and give him, quote, secret kisses. Yeah. He tries to stealth kiss this guy so that, to, like, enhance your ability to sweet talk him. And the guy notices. Yeah. And then he gets kicked out. And it was like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> secret kisses? I just love that he made him roll secret kisses. Yeah. Yeah. He had to roll for his secret kisses and he failed. <laughs> And then the other guy tried to cast magic on him, and then he noticed it, so he got really pissed off and almost killed that yeah, guy. Yeah, KO'd him. Uh, so anyway, 
at this point, I'm like, let's go to the mines. And so he had like this map that was on the table that was of the crash site that we were supposed to go to. And he's like, all right, guys, we're going to the mines. And he just like sweeps up this map into his, and he's like, fuck it, let's just go. Where, what are we doing? And, uh, and we end up, the end of the night, uh, Ends up Jesse like uh, was a wizard. He burned through this safe, and st- and we were able to steal all of these valuable discs. Then the guy, the two guys who got thrown out earlier, show up, and then it's like a showdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you die, right? You died first. Yeah, I, I try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened was, uh, I tried to bluff and be like, "We didn't get anything," and they called my bluff. And then I, tr- so I tried to cast a magic missile. And then he puts us all on the board, and apparently I was right next to him. <laughs> yeah. So like, he just kicked my ass. Yeah. And I, I tried to like bluff him as I died, but I had to, I had to run. I had right. to go to the ferry. So as soon as that happened, I just had to bounce. Right. Otherwise, so- I was gonna have to wait till twelve thirty for to catch the last ferry. Exactly. So you so left after that. That's why I like I like sprinted to the ferry. Oh no! Did you make it? I did. I okay. Did. Good. Um. So. Yeah, so so you died, and I think another guy in the party died before you died. Um, no, I was the only dead one by the time I left. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So you left after you died, and then the guy was like, "Well, we kind of did everything we needed to do." So yeah, if you want me to I heard him sheets. saying that, and I was like, "Well, let's at least play out the round because we all had initiative rolled." Uh-huh. And he's like, "All right, let's do it." So I was next, and I step up, and I'm like, "Hey guys, hey guy, guy, guys, guys, let's let's calm down a little bit here." And then, as I said that, I, I gave a knowing glance to my leopard, which was my familiar, and then he pounced on the other guy's neck and bit him in the neck and killed him. Nice. And then, <laughs> then it was Jim's turn, and Jim's like, "I'm gonna make some tea <laughs> and try to calm everything down a little bit." And the uh-huh. DM's like. Yeah, that's going to take more than six seconds. So you start making tea. And then it, the last one was Jesse's turn. Jesse's the other Jesse, the woman Jesse. And she just stabs Nick and kills him. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it was me and Jimmy and Jesse. And we have a bunch of these valuable discs that we stole. And then we just like peace out and we leave the leave the teapot boiling. And the end of the night was like, and that was the beginning of the teapot bandits. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good night, and the guy was so stoked. Like really. The DM was so happy that like he was able to actually just DM something instead of put somebody on railroads. Yeah. So, he had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I was that was a, that was a great I think that's actually best of packs for me. That's there a good go. memorable experience. We also played two games of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So, that that was super fun, but I get so worked up in Game of Thrones. Dude. You were being a bit of a pill. I get so worked up. Yeah. The, here here's my position I was in. Uh-huh. I'm being asked to do all the rules interpretation the entire game and when I make a call that goes against you, oh my god, the fury. Well, I was just super bummed because it was a, it was such an ambiguous situation that was not covered in the rules. No, it wasn't. But it was time to move on. It was time to move on. And I eventually moved on. But I like my house rule idea. for Which is what? Where you accumulate um, victory points every yeah. turn based off of where you are on the victory track. So it's not just a Wild West turn 10 where who knows... 
Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with the Game of Thrones, the board game. It is a en- supremely engaging experience for like three to four hours. But the end game is so anticlimactic. It's just like, well... Super anticlimactic. Well, we just, uh, I guess we stopped the game now. That's yeah. why I, th- I think that uh, accumulating victory points would make it a lot more interesting. Yeah, and, ap- and it would also spur a lot more combat, I think. It would spur more combat, and it would spur more makeshift alliances when one player... Because yeah. you can kind of just like sit on you know five castles the whole game, and you're not a threat until the end of the game, and then you get ganged up on. But it would be more people like, hey, he's running away with it here. We need to stop him. Yeah. And more alliances being formed, and more opportunistic backstabbing resulting from that, I think. Yeah, because that happens in the game, but it doesn't happen until the last, like, two turns. Is oh, this guy's running away with it, we need to stop him. Right, and then it sucks, because you do well the entire game, and then four (laughs) people attack you, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, pretty much. So, anyway, Game of Thrones. Still a good game, man. We'll play it next year. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, that's PAX, man. I had a great PAX. Got to finish it off with a magic draft last night or Monday night. Super fun. Fun packs, guys. Yeah. I was not having much fun yesterday. I'm sorry, buddy. Happens. Um, all right. Well, uh, I want to move on, but I want to move on to just a little tiny bit of science mo- news before we get to our Facebook roundup this week. Yeah, we'll let's. That. We can skip the. Yeah, we'll skip trivia. Trivia. I feel like we. I feel like we're a little dry on trivia. I need to go to uh, to Goodwill and get a new trivia. There you go. Um, but uh, a couple of very interesting things here. First of all, uh, this one comes to us from. Uh, this is a bit of a follow up science news. This Sex one comes. Geckos? Oh yeah, man! Did you see this? Yeah. Tragic. Mm. So uh, if you, I'm sure you, you listened a couple weeks ago. We talked about the sex, the Russian sex geckos who were having sex in space, but apparently the Russian space experiments on gecko sex goes awry, and these little uh, green guys came back dead. Some of our greatest cosmonauts. Some of our greatest cosmonauts. The, the cutest thing about this is they put them in little orange suits. <laughs> it's super cute. Mm-hmm. Space is a dangerous place. This is what it says. That message resonated again on Monday when the Russian Federal Space Agency announced that a team of experimental geckos tasked with copulating while in orbit did not survive their journey. All geckos, unfortunately, died. It would be weirder if one, just one survived. Yeah. Well, I don't understand, man. I mean, you're putting them in extreme conditions and like I mean I don't think they're putting them in little spacesuits. I don't understand how they're supposed to survive reentry. <laughs> they well, should... presumably the capsule will take care of it. Yeah. But like if you're not strapped in that's the I mean like astronauts get strapped the fuck in when they go into reentry. If you're right. just a little bouncing gecko, you're screwed. Yeah, that's a good point. And really, the, the the thing about this is, I don't think that the Cosmos, the the Rus, the Rus Cosmos, who are the Russian space agency, I don't think they're expecting them to survive. And that's where the real tragedy lies. I mean, if you're going to send geckos into space and then watch them have sex, you better bring them back safe. Deal with it. Uh, I, I'll, I, I just think that uh, that this gecko situation was a tragedy, just waiting to begin. And I'm ha- I am happy that they were able to to wrangle in the satellite because last time we checked in on these guys, they were just copulating out in the middle of nowhere, aimlessly right. flying through space. They were able to track them down, but maybe they would have been better off. If they just would have floated off into the cosmos. 
yeah, and I had agree. a little space sleep. Well, sad day. Sad day for... Expect the flags at half-mast. Exactly. Sad day for Russian space geckos. Um, it's a Geico flag. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, but there's also a another great story that also has to do with with uh, with alien or not alien but terrestrial uh, animal cells. Check this out, Jesse. Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida scientist has grown a living brain that can fly a simulated plane giving scientists a novel way to observe how brain ve- brain cells function as a network. The brain, a collection of 25,000 living neurons or nerve cells taken from a rat's brain and cultured inside a glass dish, gives scientists a unique real-time window into the brain at the cellular level. So they took these brain cells, they took these neurons, and they were able to program them to fly a flight simulator. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's insane. I don't. I still don't really get it. I don't get it either. But the fact of the matter is, the ramifications of this, if they were actually to pull this off, like you could make a machine that has literally neurons in it that could, um, that could respond to different situations. This sounds a lot like the movie Stealth, starring Jamie Fox. Is that what this is? I think we're in a stealth situation. Did you watch this movie? In the theater, I did. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. You watched Stealth in the theater. You didn't? Why? Why not? <laughs> I think it was because I was, uh... A, uh, I guess I was just out of high school, but mm-hmm. taking a girl on a date, and I was like, well, let's just watch whatever movie. Right. You you know that you're all in on the viral marketing for stealth. It's true. As Jamie Foxx, man. I'm just saying, dude, brain cells as some kind of intelligent machine. Like, we're, we're, we're pointing toward either quantum uh, computing or, you know, super fast computing. But what if we just freaking use brain cells to compute? Isn't that what the Matrix was? Is it? I think so. No, I think the Matrix. I I think the Matrix was. Uh, I mean, they're they're just using human bodies as batteries for the robots. How did I mean, the human body is not a super efficient battery? What were they like f- force feeding cheeseburgers into it somehow? I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a lot easier to feed a human body than it is to mine alkaline metals. <laughs> That's just my perspective. <laughs> I guess. I'm saying maybe it was both. I mean, use that brain as a computer and feed it cheeseburgers. I love it. I just want to know more about this, and I'm happy it's happening at the University of Florida. Why do our fighter planes keep saying, give me more cheeseburgers, please? (laughs) Can I have more cheeseburgers? Yeah, exactly. Uh, God damn it. Give Steve more cheeseburgers. (laughs) Why are you calling him Steve? He told me that was his name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I asked for a missile lock and he just says Steve wants more cheeseburgers <laughs> alright Jesse let's get the Facebook roundup because we got a ton this week All right, very excited about it uh, starting off with Simon he says hey guys I've recently started listening to your podcast and I can't stop telling my friends how amazing it is thank you Simon now I want to talk movies recently it was announced that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will indeed be playing Black Adam in the not-yet-announced Shazam movie, 
My questions for you are, what do you think of this pairing? Who would you have play Shazam? And how would you like the story to be told on the screen? Thanks, guys. Stay arrogant and get up my back. I feel like... Mm, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's just a little distracting. He's super distracting. I feel like any movie he's in, he's Dwayne, The Rock as yeah. Hercules or it's so like, on. It's, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, right, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger isn't going to be cast in The English Patient. He's himself first, and then the character second. Which is why Mr. Freeze sucked. <laughs> there, that's not the only reason, but uh-huh. it had a big part to do with it. So uh-huh. yeah, I'm a little worried about it, honestly. Um, but so this is a DC movie. Yeah, so do you know the story of Shazam? It's Captain Marvel, right? Yes. Right. I only barely know it. So it's like a kid. He's that's the whole thing about Shazam. Is he's like twelve years old, mm-hmm. but he could say the word Shazam and he turns into Captain Marvel, which is confusing because he's owned by DC. But Captain Marvel predated PZ, DC, and that's why, or Captain Marvel predated Marvel Comics, and that's why they can call him Captain Marvel. But they won't call him Captain Marvel in the movie because that would make people confused. Is that how it was? I thought it was. I thought it. Oh, man. I thought it was like Marvel put out Captain Marvel as a response to Superman, and then DC like sued them because it was too similar to Superman and won the rights to Captain Marvel. Is that right? I don't know. I don't think I so. Think. I, I think the Captain Marvel predates Marvel Comics. I don't know. I'll look it up. Go on. Anyway, but the, I really think what should happen here is that uh, they should go with the new iteration of Captain Marvel, which has been released by DC, which is a woman. Like, I think this is a perfect opportunity to, to have a woman headlining a uh, superhero movie. Because nobody knows about Shazam or Captain Marvel. So why not make Captain Marvel a woman? Yeah. No, that's a great idea. I think that that works. You might as well do it. I only know Captain Marvel from Kingdom Come. Interesting. Okay, so Wiz Comics. 1939 was his first... Um, his first appearance, Captain Marvel, and uh, that was a National Comics line, so that would have been DC. National Comics became DC. Here, I got I got the paragraph. Okay. Fawcett ceased publishing Captain Marvel-related comics in 1953, partly because of copyright infringement suit from DC Comics alleging that Captain Marvel was a copy of Superman. Mm-hmm. In 72, DC licensed the Marvel family characters from Fawcett and returned them to publication, acquiring all rights to the characters in 91. DC has since integrated Captain Marvel and the Marvel family into the DC universe. So they didn't oh. win rights to Marvel, but... Sorry, it was Fossil Comics. Or Fawcett Publications. Fawcett. Yeah, and then they had to stop because of a... Weird. Copyright infringement. So that's interesting. I don't know if that's the same one, but... um, uh, So you know The Watchmen? That was also an acquisition by DC um, from a different comics company. And, like, all the characters in The Watchmen are uh, are a different... um, are from a different uh, comic book company that was purchased by DC... But then when they saw what Alan Moore was doing with all the characters, they changed all of them slightly because they didn't want them to become canon because huh. it was too racy. Uh, yeah. So 
Due to long-standing trademark conflicts over another character named Captain Marvel, owned by Marvel Comics, DC Comics renamed their character Shazam after relaunching their comic book in 2011. Interesting. So there's another Captain Marvel owned by Marvel. Okay. Well, that's not confusing at all. No. It's probably a good move. They just renamed it Shazam. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, and then. But wait, isn't wh- there a movie with Shaq called Shazam? Yes. But oh, that's, about a, that's about a genie. Ah, uh, well, this is another wrinkle in this. <laughs> um, yeah, so also just with the Watchmen thing, in 1985, DC Comics acquired a line of characters from Charlton Comics, and they basically gave all those comics to Alan Moore. But then when they saw what he did with them, they wanted to he wanted they wanted to differentiate themselves from the Charlton line, and that's why they renamed all the characters and reskinned them. But the most famous one, I think, is The Question, which became Rorschach. Little comic book history. I don't think we actually answered the question, Simon, but hopefully we enlightened you a little bit. (laughs) Went down the rabbit hole, at least. We definitely went down it. That was good. Okay. Um, Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, David says, favorite disease, Jesse? Pax crud? I think Pax. I think swine flu, man. I had it. It's definitely left a mark on my life. I don't want. I don't want to ever have it again. Well, you're immune now. I guess so. Until the next. Mitch says, "Pax." I assume you've already talked about it, so my job is done here. Nice job, Mitch. Good foresight. Um, Rachel says, "What is your silver lining for the day?" Jesse, uh, uh, I'm still employed, and people are donating to my Kickstarter campaign. So I, that's good. I think that's good enough for me too. Uh, Joe says, board game expansions... Thank you, Rachel, for for being positive, though. Um, Joe says, board game expansions... I've always hesitated to buy a game with a lot of expansions because I want it to be fun and not a money suck. Do you buy them or just play the base game? What is your most and least favorite expansions? I don't think expansions shy me away from a game. It's kind of a sign that the game is good, but you don't have to buy them. Yeah, I mean, I bought a couple of Arkham Horror expansions. I bought Kingsport Horror, and I bought the King in Yellow expansion. I actually really like the King in Yellow expansion, because it's a small box expansion. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of it. I haven't bought any Carcassonne expansions, even though it has, like, a million of them. Yeah, but I think... I, re- I, 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 I just think, like you said, it's a sign that the game is good and popular, that, that they're able to print more things that are associated with it. Yeah, I really like the Farmers on the Moor expansion for uh, Agricola. I never play without it now, so yeah, I think that's that, my favorite. I don't think anybody was like, don't buy this game because you need to buy this expansion with it, or else it won't be fun. If they're printing expansions, then the base game's already fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder what game there is that like you need the expansion. I don't like, know, It man. sucks until you get the expansion. I don't know. I mean... Like, I mean, even, like, Battlestar Galactica, like, I would never even think to buy an expansion for that game. No, unless I played it way more often. Yeah. Because that base game is so good. Dennis says, as a Richmond, Virginia native, I am quite excited that Richmond is is in the final three cities for the new East Coast Stone Stone Brewery. Sorry. Um, If you could have one brewery open a branch in your town, which would it be? That's a good question. (laughs) I'm not 
I don't think I can answer this. It would probably be bad news for me if another brewery like expanded into my town. If I could get a if I could get a satellite here in um Seattle, I think I would have to go with Oh god, it's so tough. I mean Deschutes is a good answer because their stuff on tap is so good. But I think I'm gonna have to go with another Bend, Oregon brewery and go with Good Life. If there was a Good Life in like Fremont, I would fucking rock that shit all day. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stone would also be legit. Uh, he says, also going to enjoy watching my Packers beat up on you guys tomorrow night. That's a lie, Dennis. You're a liar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Titus says, trash talking the Seahawks doesn't end well. You're right, Titus. I call you a liar if you do. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited uh, about about uh, putting more sanitary stuff on your guys' faces as we move forward. Awesome. I'm going to get a freaking super soaker (laughs) next year. Just destroy you. (laughs) That would hurt so bad if it got in your eyeballs. Yeah, you started this. I know. You started this war. You reap what you sow. You gave me no choice but to end it. Um, Oh, geez, where are we? Okay. Uh, Anthony says, best player, pun, Names for fantasy football teams. Mine right now is Good Shab Good Eifert. Uh, the best I've ever seen was my friend who had Skittles. Taste Dwayne Bow. That's really good. Case Taste Dwayne Bow. That one is amazing. Yeah, I'll I don't. Never... Th- I can't top that one. Skittles Taste Dwayne Bow. Yeah, you'll never beat that. Uh, James James Passion says. The Russian sex geckos came back, but they all died. Mm. Also, personal ergots NFL preview. P.S. How is Borderlands 2 at PAX? I played Borderlands 2. It's Borderlands. If you like Borderlands, this is Borderlands. <laughs> I feel like that that's an honorable mention for Worsen Show, is nerfing the demos. It's okay if people die in demos. That's not a bad thing. I played the Borderlands 2 demo. They started you at level 41. With, right. like, amazing weapons. It's like, I would rather kind of work my way into this. Uh, but I guess they only give you, like, 15 minutes to play, so. Um, but, yeah, if you like Borderlands, you'll love Borderlands, a pre-sequel. You get to play as uh, the freaking um, robot dude, Claptrap. So, that's awesome. Uh, Zach says, if you could get rid of one state, which would it be? I vote North Dakota. Uh-oh. It isn't real anyways. This guy's starting a, this guy's starting a war. Flamore. Mm. Uh, North Dakota, definitely uh, not on my top, top of my list. No way. I feel like if you're going to get rid of a state, you got to get rid of... Oh, God. I feel like... I, where do we not have any listeners? Um, um, Washington. Yeah, I guess Washington. I'd say Delaware, because it's like, where? Exactly. Delaware? Yeah. And plus, it's tiny. I mean, I know Rhode Island's small, but Delaware's like almost as small as Rhode Island. And I feel like Delaware could become part of Connecticut and no one would balk an eye, even though it is still the first state in the nation. That's why I say Washington. Get rid of Washington and Oregon and British Columbia and make them one state. The yes, South yeah. The South will uh, teach the North how to drive. And we have our own country that's full of prosperity and technology. There you go. That's what I say. Um, Sean says, I almost emailed you guys today, but figured it was too late. Now, I'm positive it is, but you're still my BFFs. 
Hashtag Hitchbot is love. Hashtag Hitchbot is life. Oh my god, I love Hitchbot so much. Oh god. Thank Send you for him into me space that. on a sex mission. <laughs> Hitchbot impregnated 12 alien races with his sexy Wikipedia talk. <laughs> Uh, John says, "Guy, he's super fascinating to aliens. Super fascinating. He's got a wealth of of world no- of earthly knowledge. <laughs> earthly knowledge, indeed." <laughs> All right. John says, guys, everything for Lovecraft Brewing Company looks and sounds amazing. I'll be telling everyone I know for sure. I hope one day I'll be able to afford the custom brew day and take the trip out. Will the offer stand after the Kickstarter ends? No, you got buy now. Buy now. now. Kickstarter. Uh, Lovecraft Brewing Company on Kickstarter, guys. Do it. Do it. Uh, Robert says, The Rock is playing Black Adam. Jeez. And the DCU movie, Shazam Captain movie. In the DCU movie, Shazam Captain Marvel movie. I think it's perfect casting. But I was wondering if that even hit your radar. It did hit my radar. Hit my radar a little bit earlier on the Facebook roundup. <laughs> Lip. Uh, no, it did. It did. Um, Derek says, dude, go get Buffalo. Get their D. You need it. I don't care which one or Levi. Just do it. Apparently, Buffalo, I think Buffalo is still available in the arrogant move league as a, as a defense. Buffalo D. Buffalo D. I took him today in a, in a draft. I, I, I finished all my fantasy drafts. I'm in four different leagues. Jesus Christ. M- Malcolm says, prediction on Packers versus Seahawks. As a Packer fan, I hope we will destroy. Eric, what teams make the playoffs in both divisions? Both divisions? You mean all divisions? Uh, love you I think guys. It means both conferences. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think the Seahawks will win because they've only lost one home game in the last two years. I think Seahawks win by three. I think the Seahawks win by a, a by a by a controversial touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do think the Packers will win the NFC North. I think that the Eagles will win the NFC East. I think that yep. the Saints will win the NFC South. I think that the Chargers, yes, you heard me right, the Chargers will win the AFC West. I think that the Bengals will win the AFC North. I think that the Patriots will win the AFC East. And I think that the Colts will win the AFC South. No surprises there, guys, but that's what yeah. you get when you ask me questions. There you go. Um... All right, dude, that's Facebook Roundup. Let's do some recos. I think we could basically just recommend one thing just to cap off the show, and that's Lovecraft Brewing Company, guys, on Cleansing. Kickstarter. Oh, What's that? Cleansing. Cleansing. The fad that sweeps the nation. <laughs> no, so Lovecraft Brewing Company Kickstarter, please. It means everything to me right now. Yes, guys. It's great. If we, I, I did the math, and, you know, uh, basically we need five supporters a day to get to the goal. Which is a lot. It's a lot. Um, but you guys can make it happen. Like I said, if you haven't given yet, please give early and please give often. That that It's just like uh, our iTunes reviews. Like It it helps to get uh, the word out and then strangers actually will, will give. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so I don't mean to be a salesman, but guys, this is super important to the podcast. So please do it. Uh, and we love you so much. Please keep in touch. Uh, Personalergates at gmail.com. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 360-362-0024. We're on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Rate and view us on iTunes. And please check out 
baldmove.com for a ton of great podcast content. Jesse, thanks so much for uh, joining me this week. Mm -hmm. And until next week, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay stay arrogant. Thank you.